This is Marco, and you are listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. episode 161 of the yellow wall pod and yes you just heard marco royce introducing this podcast and he might return in the match that we are going to discuss on this show it's borussia dortmund against bayern some call it their classica i don't know if we will call it that too but nevertheless i'm stefan butzko your host as always and i'm joined by three guys this time and uh before i come to the usual guys on the panel i will introduce our special guest who is christopher rum from Mirsanroth. And the Four Check Podcast. Hello, Christopher. How are you doing? Hi. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, good. Good. It's a, it's a pleasure to to have you on, and you will uh, give us a little bit of the uh, FC Bayern perspective on this podcast, while we will ramble as usually on on Dortmund. And for that, join me, Konstantin Eckner from Spielverlagerung, and also the Four Check Podcast. Hi, Stefan. How are you? Hi, Stefan. <laughs> All right, moving on. Lars Poemann from Bleacher Report. Hello, Lars. How are you? Hi, Stefan. Pretty good. Thanks for not including me in the ramble section. Of course not. I would never. You you already have uh, been on the One Football podcast to uh, talk about Borussia Dortmund against Bayern this weekend. And Lars, you already uh, suggested that Borussia Dortmund could be favorites to win this match. Or at least you have a good feeling for the game. Why is that? I'm not really sure why. I don't think they are favorites. I think most people uh, probably expect a draw just because the last few games in Dortmund have gone somewhat, uh, have been somewhat of a 50-50 affair. I mean, the last Bundesliga match was a goalless draw. The Super Cup match was a 2-0 win for Bayern where Dortmund were the better side for, let's say, 60 minutes. So the the games in Dortmund have been pretty close and uh, obviously the last impression we got from This match in particular was the DFB Pokal final in Berlin in May, where both sides were locked in a tight battle where no one really had the the huge chances to win the game and it went to penalties. Sorry. So uh, I think most expect a draw or Bayern are natural favorites also because their season has gone better than Dortmund so far. But because of the personnel situation and because I... Uh, have to believe and hope that Tuchel has a better game plan than he had in the last few meetings with Bayern. I am feeling strangely confident. Yeah, if we look at the last games, and, and I did so before, I I came uh, up with the notion that Dortmund actually won their last meaningful game against Bayern in the Cup Final in 2012. It was a 5-2 win. Other than that, they won the Super Cup twice and it was a 3-0 away win at the Allianz Arena on match day 30 in 2014. When, when Jonas Hofmann scored, so it doesn't count. Exactly. But yeah, you. I, I think you get my point um, and you already talked about personnel. Uh, Christopher, who is in and who is out and who is doubtful for Bayern? Well, um, currently we are right about 48 hours. I don't know if I can hint this, but yeah, we are 48 hours before kickoff. So doubtful is currently 
Ribéry, he comes back from an injury. Um, Robben, who have an injury since the um, game against Luxembourg. Um, Vidal is also doubtful um, because, yeah, uh, long travel from the South American qualification qualifying tournament. Also, Costa could be a little bit doubtful because he was on journey as well. Um, also, not last but not least, uh, Martinez, uh, who he was injured um, before the break was the two-week Bundesliga break. So a couple of players are injured. Um, definitely out for this game is um, Komal, who injured um, at the training session with the France national team. So there are a couple of players who are injured, and this. Is also a new situation for the Bayern team because before the Bundesliga break was there nearly every player was fit and currently yeah, they are as I'm already counting up and there are a couple of players who are doubtful or injured so also Ancelotti needs to make some changes as well so let's see yeah who do you think will be the most hurtful loss i mean you, you you named a couple of players and most of them are doubtful considering uh none of them would make it who would hurt the most oh it depends um i mean there are um some linkages so um let's say Coman really hurts in that case when ribery and robin can't play of course so currently three or maybe four or all wingers are doubtful um This would be a special situation because Ancelotti's game is currently really focusing on that wing play. Um, so this would be uh, really or hurt then really in, in the way that Ancelotti might be needs to change his game plan. So this would hurt, of course, but also um, Vidal. Uh, he is probably one of that kind of players um, who is currently really needed in the playing style of Ancelotti um, there are a couple of changes I guess uh, maybe later on we will also spend some time on it um, Ancelotti changed a little bit the style and um, of play I mean, if you compare it to Pep Guardiola so that the pressing is um, more or less um, now more in the midfield instead of the first row um, so this will um, bring the pressure more onto the midfield players and Vidal is then One player who covers a lot of space and also needs to um, cover Alonso's play style as well. So actually, if Vidal can't play, um, this would be also hurting. Yeah, good thing Dortmund stole uh, Sebastian Rodes, so they don't have a backup for him. Huh. Um, but on, on a more serious note, uh, looking back to last season, Bayern were perfect after 10 match days, if I remember correctly. So far, they have dropped points against... Uh, Frankfurt against Köln and against Hoffenheim. Um, why is that? And uh, I think it it uh, is fair to say that Bayern could have easily also lost against Ingolstadt and uh, drawn away to Hamburg. The problem currently is um, they are not very successful in um, scoring or um, succeeding their chances. Like um, Lewandowski is mm, currently mm, okay. He's performing good, but last season he performed on another level. Um, this is one thing. Um, also Müller, of course, Müller had in the last season, the first ten games, already ten score points. Actually, um, 
if you don't consider the game against Werder Bremen, um, he stands with zero. So actually zero goals and I guess just one assist. Um, yeah, so this is definitely a problem. Um, also, they, as I already mentioned, the um, style of play changed a little bit in that way that the counter situations for the um, other teams are increasing in that way that Bayern um, giving them more chances because the focus is more on um, playing um, crosses, um, involving the players from the left back and the right back more into the um, game plan. So let's say the left back is crossing the left midfield player or the, the, the forward, the winger. Like Alaba is crossing a lot of um, Ribéry or Costa or Coman, and then he opens a lot of space behind him, and so the the opposite um, can create a lot of chances um, in that space. Especially, you mentioned already um, the game against Cologne, or also the game against Hoffenheim was like um, giving away simply, really simple counter chances. So this is currently or actually a problem, and it reminds a little bit. Uh, to the first season of Pep Guardiola where Bayern faces the same issue or had the same trouble with um, defending such kind of uh, attacks against them. Yeah, Konstantin, if we look at the personnel situation uh, of uh, Borussia Dortmund, we see that Durm, Bender, Zubocic are out, maybe even Sebastian Rode after he had surgery on uh, his appendix. Um, I think Christian Pulisic will also not start because that would mean his uh, third game within eight days after losing and, and drawing with uh, the US. Oh no, I think think they lost both games, one against Mexico and the other in Costa Rica. So um, yeah, I've, con considering he is out, who would you play against Bayern and 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 how could you you know exploit the weakness that Christopher just mentioned? And, and especially considering that Pulisic with the US team, they got pretty much slaughtered by Costa Rica, which was the end of uh, Klinsmann's spell. So I don't really think he's in the mood to perform as as, as well as he can. Uh, but maybe he's professional enough to get in for like 20 minutes or something and then uh, create some chances at the end of the match when Bayern's maybe tired and you have fresh legs, really talented legs in Pulisic. Uh, other than that, I, I think... Tuchel will just stick to what's more or less the best starting eleven given the availability of players. So Weigel, of course, is like the, the center, uh, the centerpiece of Dortmund's uh, lineup. Um, Götze is someone who's pretty, pretty um, important, I think, in this match if he can play at one hundred percent. Because first, he's He's very strong in, in terms of pressing, in terms of uh, even the man marking. I mean, sometimes underrated, but Götze is, is pretty good in these departments. And against Bayern, who, who struggled to create um, attacks through the, uh, the center, it's it's good to have someone like Götze who can pressure the likes of Alonso and, and Vidal uh, or Kimmich. Uh, because like what happens uh, as, as for Bayern's build-up is that the three center midfielders, they drop really deep. So you get a chance to isolate them or at least to stop and interrupt the flow of their uh, possession game. So uh, Götze is someone who can pretty much, um, yeah, play to strength here, I guess. Um, also, of course, in counterattacks, he has, he has an edge over a lot of players because of his agility. So yeah, Götze is one. Um, 
Or um, Young is, is of course, uh, set in stone that he will play. Um, Schule maybe, maybe as a counter-attacking player. I mean, he has this. So Schule, Schule on the left next to Götze, or would you say Schule, oh, yeah, Giro, Götze in central? I would, no, I would say Schule on the left, Götze, you know, number 10, a little bit to the, to the left. I think, uh, Schule had some great matches this season when he got a little bit of support by Götze, when, when Götze drifted drift to the uh, left and, and supported Schule. Because uh, Schule out there on his own on the left, that's, that's not, not so great uh, when Dortmund has longer spells of possession. So, yeah, Götze supporting Schürrle is some, something, um, especially when Dortmund got the ball and it's more of a, of a calmer situation um, and they have to break through uh, without get, getting too much space without ha having the advantage of a, you know, fast-paced counter-attacking situation. On the right, uh, maybe Usman Dembele. I mean, it's it, there. If, if Pudis is on the bench, there aren't uh, so many options other than Dembele. I, mean, I don't think Emre em 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 No, not really. I mean, come on. He, no. <laughs> I think after what we've seen, um, this season and especially in the last few weeks, uh, with him, you know, getting a little bit heated, uh, in, in matches, I think that's the, that's the right spot here to, you know, battle Bayern Munich, um, then maybe get in some sort of altercation with, with uh, yeah, Ribéry, maybe. So that's 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 a lock that he would get a red card then. Um, so no, I think Dembele uh, not the not the perfect player maybe in this match uh, because he can get dispossessed quite often. So not perfect, but yeah, I mean there aren't so many options left. I guess uh, if Pulis is on the bench, then yeah, Aubameyang, Dembele, Schürrle, front row, and Götze number ten. Um, we will see. Castor, for instance, as the connecting piece, um, and as, as someone who can cover a lot of space uh, with his stamina, with his um, yeah, with his fitness, um, and his ability to really um, you know get up and down the field. So yeah, that's I think just I, I don't really I don't believe that Tuchel will try something crazy in this match. I think he will just look at his squad, uh, look at. Who are the best players? Who are who are available? And then just create a or line up them. Um, of course, Rafael Guerrero is maybe the dark horse here. Maybe he comes in after sixty minutes or so as a uh, as a center midfielder, for instance. Um, I don't believe he should play as a left back because he's too vulnerable defensively, uh, especially against Bayern. Uh, no matter if he plays against Robben, if <laughs> he it, was already vulnerable against uh, Haas. Uh, yeah, so. exactly, exactly, and especially against uh, Bayern. No matter if it's Robben, Costa, um, whoever. It's, it's just no. That's that wouldn't be the right decision to line him up, field him uh, at left back. So maybe he's an option for um, center midfield um, at some point during the match. As I mentioned, if Götze is like a left-sided um, attacking midfielder supporting um, Schürrle, then there's no no room for Guerrero in, in center midfield because we need a, a right-sided uh, number eight, number six, like Castro can you know bump up and down. Um, so Guerrero is a left-footed player, so he, there wouldn't be a spot for him. But still, he's he's someone who can also come in, have fresh legs. And then do something, create something, maybe as a substitute for uh, Mario Götze. Um, yeah, that's that's about it, I think. Um, Guerrero and Pulisic as as your bench players, as as your super subs, and yeah, as I meant, uh, I think. Uh, and and maybe even Marco Royce is a super sub, but 
Maybe, maybe if, if he's, I don't, he's fit enough. I, I, mean, I don't know. But but also you're you're seeing in the past that Warriors uh, he needs some time to really be at one hundred percent after a long, longer injury, and he had a lot of long injuries. <laughs> um, so well, we'll see. Yeah, uh, Lars. Um, you already said on the One Football podcast, and I think you also wrote it uh, for Bleacher Report that uh, you are in favor of a back three in Dortmund. How would that look like? And uh, I assume Marcel Schmetzer will be back. So who will be the the guy on the right side? Will it be Ginter or will it be Piszczek or Paslak? Uh, it would be Paslak, in my opinion, or in in what I would be hoping for. And Uh, having seen Bayern struggle against Hoffenheim in the first half, who employed a three, a back three and really put a lot of pressure on Bayern and, uh, having heard from Christopher that Bayern struggle with pressure in the middle of the park, I think it would make sense to flood the middle of the park with uh, a lot of midfielders. So, uh, going with the back three and then the two wing backs allows you to, Uh, take the wingers deeper inside so you can really uh, overload the, the center of the pitch and put pressure on the likes of Alonso and uh, I guess Kimmich will play in defensive midfield if Vidal can play. So uh, I would play with Schmelzer on the left as a wingback, Passlock on the right because I think that's his best position and he has the dynamism to work there. He played really well against Bayern in the Super Cup. Uh, I mean, we all remember him Uh, basically pushing Ribéry into uh, his, whatever you want to call it, assault, uh, his elbow in the face, whatever. But it was definitely not a red card. No, because it was a murder. He, he, should, he should actually uh, apply that for a Nobel Peace Prize. So, uh, And I think that system is the, the best fit for Dortmund in the build-up phase as well, because they, I think, need to give Weigel more support in the in the build-up phase without uh, Mats Hummels and Ilka Gundogan, they are really leaving him on an island too often. And we've seen some good things on the ball from both uh, Mark Batra and uh, Matthias Ginter at centre-half. So I would just play both of them and, uh, as I said, flood the middle of the pitch and hope you can put Bayern under a lot of pressure in this game. Uh, one thing we've seen from Bayern this season uh, that we haven't seen under uh, Pep Guardiola is, to me at least, that they have one or two spells in every game where they just seem to lack the intensity. They go through the motions for 20, 30 minutes and even sides like Frankfurt uh, or Cologne uh, have punished them for it and uh, Dortmund have much more, uh, much better individual quality. So if they can get into, into the same situations, I think that's the 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 aspect of the game where they could really hurt Bayern. Yeah, uh, but we can also say the same about Borussia Dortmund lacking intensity. Um, Christopher, I will flip the switch now and I will ask you where Bayern can hurt Dortmund and how do you see them accomplishing it? Mm, I guess also with the nearly the same strategy. So um, currently what I see from Dortmund this season is They're struggling um, when they are under pressure. So especially um, if you can isolate Weigel, um, if you can put pressure maybe on Socrates, also a little bit on Ginter or Piszczek, uh, who also have then some some problems to structure the build-up from the play style of Dortmund. So I would expect that Bayern is also trying to put pressure on them. So basically... Okay, Ancelotti isn't currently the coach where you're expecting a lot of changes, so Bayern will play again a 4-3-3 system, um, maybe with Boateng and Hummels, and 
both will try to structure the game. And as Considine already mentioned, um, Alonso, if Alonso is playing, and currently I would bet on it, um, he will, um, yeah, falling deep into or between both or nearly between both players. So this will um, definitely um, causing some issues um, while the while the build up so i would expect that boateng is playing a lot of um crosses and deep balls um maybe directly on robin muller or Lewandowski, and um, then later on they are trying to press a little bit um to especially maybe isolate weigel and to try um to get good counter chances afterwards bayern had a few moments or against for example cologne and also against ingolstadt or also against um, eithoven they had really good moments after um or with counter attack playing and that's why i would expect that bayern will try it a little bit more in that way also the super cup um earlier this season was a little bit a hint for that but yeah at the end of the day um i currently i'm, I'm really struggling with um with Borussia Dortmund and um, how they're going to play because there are a couple of games where they are really overperforming and um, where you're just overwhelmed um, by their performance. Uh, for example, also against um, Real Madrid. Um, okay, against Hamburg, they were just really um, successful in scoring um, goals and being successful with creating or yeah, being uh, using their chances. Um, but on the other side, there are games like, um, the derby against, uh, Schalke, where Dortmund really struggled for maybe 45, 60 minutes to create even a shot on the, um, on the opposite goal. So this is currently a huge bandwidth between, um, what Dortmund can actually play. And there are a couple of reasons, but that's why it's also so difficult to interpret it as Bayern fan and to, to get a feeling, um, which kind of chances Bayern will have because also Bayern is in currently a little bit in a new situation with Angelotti at all. So it's, it's really difficult actually to, um, figure out how Bayern or how this Bayern under Angelotti will get their chances against Dortmund. Yeah, how how offensive or attacking do you expect Ancelotti to go into this match? Mm, well, um, currently there was no real difference, and this is maybe also a little bit new because Guardiola often plays a little bit um, different, or he he made some changes between home side and away side. Um, so if and uh, Pep Guardiola was on the on the away side. Um, he always played a little bit more with a defense style or play style. And currently under Ancelotti, you don't can't really distinguish between home game or away game. And so I would expect that Ancelotti is trying to play as usual, which means that um, he's looking for maybe yeah seventy percent ball possession at the end of the game and um so that Bayern is under co or controlling the game um but in didn't invest too many so maybe there will be just one um one defender like i i currently i would expect alaba 
um, who will play a little bit more offensive and Lam will be more than the, the defensive part. Um, so it's a kind of 50 50. Um, he will do something. Um, he, um, I guess Bayern will try to have the ball. Um, but they don't risk too many in the end. Um, they don't will, um, go fully offensive. They also, um, I wouldn't expect that we see kind of a full pressing. Um, so in, in total, there will be nothing really surprising for Dortmund or for Tuchel. Yeah, Konstantin Julian Nagelsmann said ahead of the Bayern match that Bayern are one of the best teams in the world on the ball, but not uh, without the ball. So um, should Thomas Tuchel really urge his side to keep the ball against Bayern or should should Dortmund set up in a, in a more reactive way, in a more passive way and, and uh, look for the transition? I'm not, I'm not sure uh, how much Tuchel can plan it out uh, beforehand. Uh, so there's, especially in this, you know, high profile matches with two very strong teams and two coaches who, especially in Tuchel's case, want ball possession. They seek possession superiority um, even more than, than Angelotti, I think. Angelotti is a little bit more pragmatic and we know that, you know, he can, he's, he's, he's fine with having his team you know, looking for counterattacks. So there's, in such high profile matches, there's some sort of, you know, feeling out process in the first 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, where you have like maybe 50, 50, um, in terms of ball possession. Or maybe there's, there's one team coming out right off the gate and being re really dominant. So maybe Dortmund uh, approaches the game with a mindset that we want to be the dominant force here in the first 15 minutes. But at the same time, taking the risk that we will get tired pretty easily, pretty fast. So at this point, I don't believe that Dortmund is able to be, especially against a team like Bayern, of course, they have some weaknesses in terms of pressing, but still, uh, they can pressure um, teams just because of their, just because of the quality of their players, you know? Um, Lewandowski in a one-on-one -on -one situation, even if he isn't backed by his teammates, he's still a, a player uh, tough to beat, just, you know, tough to get rid of uh, in a one-on-one -on -one situation, maybe in, in, in a, some sort of high press. Um, so I think Dortmund isn't able to keep up 100% intensity over the course of 90 minutes at this point. And we've seen it against Real Madrid, for instance, where they really faded after, you know, 55 minutes or so, 60 minutes, maybe. That's really a drop of energy, um, after an hour. So, so they have to keep the gas tank in mind and be really smart about, you know, energy management. Um, so maybe there's, there's, uh, the, there's a match where you, uh, at the end where you see that Dortmund maybe is dominant in the first 15 minutes, then, you know, becomes a, a little bit more, um, reactive in the next 15 minutes. And then we, you know, turn the switch again, um, in the last 15 minutes of first half, something like that. So, but really more intervals and short breaks. And so they can, uh, recharge the batteries a little bit during the match. Um, so, and in terms of tactics, um, it's really, I think, a 50-50 match. It's it's really pretty, not identical, but similar systems. Um, maybe Dortmund has the edge in terms of pressing a little bit, I think. Um, 
a bit, a bit more sophisticated. It's their pressing game. Um, while Bayern is still the better team when it comes down to really individual quality. Um, and the quality of their attacking players where I got someone like Lewandowski. And I mean, uh, Christopher mentioned it. It's like Thomas Müller is now a bench player at Bayern. So of course he has struggled in the uh, last few weeks, but still it's Thomas Müller. It's just, you know, a phenom of, of professional football last 10 years or last, more or less decade. Um, so you can, you know, for someone like him in, um, so that just shows you how strong Bayern is, even for some, um, players that are hurt or maybe doubtful. Um, so yeah, it's really pretty much 50 50. If Dortmund tries to be the dominant force in this match, I think they, that will backfire at some point. I mean, because you, you can't like, uh, have a strategy like, okay, we go into this match. We will, uh, score two goals in the first 30 minutes because we will dominate them. And then we will, you know, um, get, uh, get off the uh, gas pedal. That's, that's nothing you can, that's not really a strategy. Uh, you can, you can go with into a, a match against Bayern Munich. I mean, it, it also depends a little bit on uh, if you're looking currently at the um, table. So Bayern is actually six point ahead. So um, I would say in in total, the, there's a little bit more pressure on Dortmund. If you are talking in that way that you're expecting Dortmund is playing or is going for the title, I, I would bet that some fans say, okay, after um, we lost a lot of important, very important players, um, we are Khan going for the title in that first season after them. Um, but actually they are still a good team and they are in good shape. So, and definitely there's a chance. So if Dortmund will try to run again or for the title, then they need to win the game and Bayern and maybe happy with a draw. Yeah, Lars, I once, I, I was just about to ask you that question and, uh, more or less about the meaning of this game for Dortmund. Do you think if Dortmund beat Bayern that they are actually title contenders and and uh, could potentially you know as they cut the lead down to three points really chase for the title or do you not see it happening since this is a season of transition and uh, maybe more you know a bit in general also a couple of words on, on uh, how much this this game means for Germany in general. Yeah, nothing uh, in this game could convince me that Dortmund will be in a title race come uh, 2017 or, you know, going even further, April or May. Uh, it is indeed a transition season. Uh, we've talked a lot uh, in uh, previous episodes about some of their issues that aren't really, there are, there's no real quick fix for, for some of their problems. Uh, we talked at length, for example, about their center half position, their lack of a Gundogan replacement. So that won't change just because they beat Bayern on Saturday. Um, but it's still a very important game because not only are there uh, six points behind Bayern, but they're also six points behind uh, RB Leipzig and uh, in the table behind a few other teams. They are fifth in the league uh, in the middle of November and even in a transitional season, that's not really what they're looking for, even though we kind of understand why it's the case. But they need to start picking up some points here. Uh, their schedule the rest of the, the way until the winter break is pretty tough. They play a lot of lot of those upstart teams that are tough to beat, as even Bayern found out. They play Cologne, Hoffenheim, um, Frankfurt. They also play someone like Gladbach, so there are a lot of... Uh, pretty difficult matches for them, even though you expect them to win most of them anyway. 
so they just need some points. Uh, whether they come against Bayern, where usually you are happy even as Dortmund and even at home, you most of the time you're happy with a draw against them. I don't know, but uh, as I said, they need to start picking up some points and that relatively soon. As for the importance of the game in Germany, I'm always a bit torn on it. I think they are marketing the hell out of it for obvious reasons because they need to make the Bundesliga have a global appeal and uh, the only way to do that is with the two teams everyone in the world knows because you can't uh, market a game like Bayern against Leipzig wouldn't really work on the global stage just now because Leipzig is in the first season and people... I mean, football-interested people have read about them. Uh, and there were uh, lots of articles about them in, in international media and whatnot, but it's not the same as Bayern against Dortmund. Even if Dortmund were, for some reason, 10th or 12th on the table, it's still the most important game. Remember back to the 2014-15 season, uh, the, that, that first half of the season was absolutely terrible from Dortmund, but the, the game against Bayern was still the, the arguably the biggest game in the, the entire first half of the season. So... They are really marketing the hell out of it, as I said, uh, and I think it's more of an international affair in terms of the, the real importance. I think um, fans from both clubs, or especially the local-based fans from both clubs, uh, would arguably uh, identify other games uh, as the most important in the season. For Bayern, it's a bit more difficult because they are... Local uh, rivals, 1860 Munich, are in the second division for I think the tenth or so year running. So they, I think they met in the in the in the cup twice, but that's about it. So for the local fan base in Munich, for example, the 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 derby in the uh, fourth division is almost bigger than uh, the Dortmund game. So uh, as I said, there's really that divide between the international marketing aspect, which. I, I respect because uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, part of the reason why I have my job at Leecher Report. But for the for the fans in Germany, I think there are other more important games, and this is really just the two te- the two best teams in the in the country facing, and not two bitter rivals who have uh, a lot of history. Because uh, let's face it, the the game they call their Klassiker in in England and America and elsewhere abroad really wasn't much of a classic until the mid-90s because both teams weren't uh, ever really good at the same time. Fair enough. Same question over to Christopher. Uh, how valuable is, is this match for Germany? And, and maybe if, if uh, you, you allow, uh, Bayern might actually lose the lead in a, in a table on match day 11. I don't think when the last time that's happened, but uh, RB Leipzig will play against Leverkusen on Friday and uh, they could potentially seal with a win against Leverkusen their their lead and, and could sit on the on the couch and, and watch Dortmund against Bayern get at each other. So um A, how how important is, is this game for, for for Germany in general and uh, how much of a threat do you see Raba Leipzig become in Germany as a Bayern fan? Mm, okay, well um to be honest, um trusting on Leverkusen shouldn't be uh, you, you never should trust Leverkusen so that wouldn't work at the end of the day um, actually um, I'm getting a little bit rid of the game between Dortmund and Bayern because yeah um, it's always so such a tendency um, and there's always or especially the 
the era from Guardiola and also the Tuchel in the last season, it was a really, really high level. Um, and actually I see both teams performing a little bit, um, lower than the last season. So, um, I um, didn't expect that the game is really getting better or that we will see a good game in a kind of a way that everybody is talking about that also after days and weeks about that game. Um, so also, and last but not least, that's also a point on my list. Um, do the whole games like Super Cup, um, DFB Pokal, the cup season and the okay, the Champions League final was something special. But anyway, um, we saw that game in the last few years, maybe just one or twice too often. But that's just my opinion. Um, if you're asking about Leipzig, then yeah, it's, it's a difficult situation. Um, in our pre-talk, I already mentioned that in the Bundesliga, it's quite common that you have an, at least maybe one or sometimes also two teams, um, which just having the Bundesliga, so they didn't play international football. And then there's, yeah, one or two teams which are just overperforming and, um, using their week, just preparing, um, for that one special game at the weekend in Bundesliga, they can um, spend their full focus and their full intensity um, on on the Bundesliga. So there's always time and always a team which is just overperforming. Last year it was, um, for example, Hertha BSC, um, the Berlin club, who played a, um, for a long time over their over their limit and were really successful. And actually, it's Leipzig. Um, the whole difference maybe between both teams and if you compare it a little bit, then that's it that Leipzig has actually the better players, um, uh, is more talented and maybe has also a little bit the better coach. Um, this is what it makes so kind of difficult, um, because they, it seems they have a good chemistry at, uh, the, so the whole team together with the coach and um, they're bringing a lot of intensity on the pitch and if they don't struggling with any injuries then i would expect that they can run for the title for a long time um i currently or actually don't see um kind of a drop off as it as we saw it with hoffenheim in their first season i didn't remember the the year 2008 2009 or was it 9-10 i'm i'm currently not sure but around about that time at Hoffenheim coming into the Bundesliga and then they uh, were really successful in the first half of the season and then in the second second period they, they dropped and um, they lost a little bit their mojo. But uh, the, the funny thing is that was the 2008-9 season and that was when then Wolfsburg uh, won the title. Yeah, exactly, so another, exactly. Another underdog winning the, the title, uh, peaking at the right time, but... <clears throat> Uh, comparing that to this season, I think Bayern are way too strong to allow that. But continue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, there, there's one thing that um, might be the team is more looking for the Champions League. Um, actually, Bayern has a lot of old or getting older players and or experienced players, if you want to say it in a positive way, like Alonso. <laughs> Um, Alonso, um, Robin Ribery, um, and they're also Lam. So maybe their focus is swifting a little bit, um, 
while the season is ongoing and also Ancelotti isn't really famous to win league titles uh, so compared um, both things together it could be that there will be a team um, who will um, break this current Bayern streak with winning the title and then the Bundesliga yeah we we will see um, guys before I let you go I want a prediction unless one of you guys has another hot take on Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Uh, we were thinking about talking about the match against Legia, which will happen on Wednesday, I think. Dortmund's Champions League match, they are Tuesday. already qualified. Uh, or Tuesday, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's too much to say on it other than uh, Legia won't bring any away fans officially because uh, of their uh, antics, let's put it this way, and their misconduct of, of the fans, racial slurs and, and pyrotechnics and, and the whole thing. So... um There, there you go. Um, I think maybe the one thing that is worth mentioning for that game is that Marco Royce might actually start in this one because, you know, this is one of the, let's call it dead rubber games where you can actually play him without causing too much of a, of a risk of, of dropping points. Although I assume Dortmund still want to, uh, you know, finish top of the group. But nevertheless, I think if they start Royce, they can still, or especially with Royce, they can still beat Legia in their own stadium and they will probably focus more on the Bundesliga. So Lars, you go first so you don't, uh, so you can complain that everyone's copying your prediction. Yeah, uh, I think we'll just do both then for Bayern and for Legia just for the uh, prosperity's sake. Yeah. Posterity, not pros prosperity. That's a uh, tongue twister. Um, uh, as I said, Uh, on the One Football podcast, I'm really feeling strangely confident, which is uh, sure to bite me in the ass uh, come Saturday evening. But right now, I'm going for a 3-2 Dortmund win against Bayern, and uh, the Legia game 3-0 uh, Dortmund. Konstantin. So I will go with a, I believe a 1-1 between, so a draw between Dortmund Bayern, um, and a pretty comfortable 3-0 victory over. Good old Legia. <laughs> Christopher, prediction for the Bayern game. I don't know if you if you want to eke one out for the Legia match. Uh, um, as I'm part here of an uh, Borussia Dortmund podcast, um, I would go ahead also with, with Konstantin and say um, it's a draw between. <laughs> it's by. the Uwe Seeler of Dortmund podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would also go uh, go and bet with uh, on a draw. Actually, maybe 1-1 one, one. could be also a just really boring 0-0 zero, zero game. But anyways, let's see what happened on Saturday. Um, Warsaw, okay, I, um, I was really surprised um, that they're stoning some points from Real Madrid. Um, but I guess it, it's in Dortmund, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay then. Um, okay, maybe Dortmund is a little bit um, out of power after the Bayern game. So just a 2-0 for Dortmund. Yeah, I am uh, saying... 2-1 for both games, actually. Uh, I'm with Lars here. I'm also feeling a bit more confident for Dortmund, maybe just because of the injury boost and uh, the hope that they will actually have a good game for once after an international break, as uh, none of the Dortmund players really play too much, uh, apart from Pulisic, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my prediction. I think we will uh, discuss discuss the whole match in, in the full length afterwards um and yeah that that was pretty much it so uh yeah please guys tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet and check out your written stuff starting with christopher 
was a pleasure to have you on. So uh, go ahead and plug all the Mirsanrot stuff. Um, yeah, thanks for your, uh, having me here. Um, for the English guys, um, mirsanrot.com, um, where we actually posting everything which we are writing in German, um, also in English and also you find there um, some kind of an interviews with um, special players um, also last but not least from the um, Bayern women's squad which is sometimes really interesting because they giving much more insights um, yeah um, on Twitter um, it's Ram <laughs> R-A-M-M-C um, but most, more or less, uh, just German stuff, I guess it wouldn't be so interesting. Yeah. As always, also findable, if that's a word, in the show notes, Konstantin? Yeah, people can find me on Twitter under, uh, cc underscore eckner, and of course, written work on spiefelagerung.com, or for the German listeners, or, you know, people who are proficient in the German language, uh, also spiefelagerung.de. And last but not least. Yeah, I'm findable, Stefan, uh, on Twitter at Lars Polman <laughs> and also findable on uh, bleachreport.com for my written work and as always on occasion for the Yellow Wall Pod. <laughs> yeah, what, watch out what you say or we will find out if you are also findable. Um, nevertheless, you can find me at Stefan Butzko on Twitter, my written work mostly on ESPNFC and also on occasion on uh yellowwallpod.com where you can also find this show uh, you can subscribe to the yellow Wall Pod on itunes soundcloud and stitcher um, if you want to contact us either use the contact form on the on the homepage or uh, use twitter at yellow Wall Pod is our twitter handle or facebook it's also yellow Wall Pod. so there you go that was episode 161 goodbye <laughs>